You are about to listen to the S. Anthony Says Podcast, starring S. Anthony Thomas. <laughs> you lucky bastards. All right, this is S. Anthony. Glad you came back. Ready for the next one? All right, here we go. Go! I would just like to say for the record that I'm pissed off at my car. <laughs> I mean, I literally just got the thing and it's, you know, when it, it stopped running, it wouldn't start. And, I, and that, that's frustrating because it wouldn't start. I got it fixed. Then it wouldn't start again on Sunday. And I can't have a car that doesn't start. It doesn't, you know, for someone who has to move around a lot, it's kind of difficult to have a car that doesn't start. It's really weird how... You notice that you don't really miss certain things until they stop working, you know, or they go away. It's the same with people. It's the same with cars. It's the same with money. Same with anything. Anything that you have that you rely on too much to the point where you don't have a backup plan or at the very least you don't have an alternative way of getting something done, you wind up screwed. Right? You know, you put all you put your all into the wrong person and then they turn out to be a piece of crap. And you put so much into them that you weren't necessarily paying attention to the way they behaved or the way they acted or the way they treated you or the way they treated other people. And what happens? Bang, you get jacked up. You marry the wrong person. They take half your money or they marry the wrong person. They won't let you see the kid. You marry the wrong person. They do all sorts of weirdnesses. They have them. Of course, they know your social security number. They know all of your secrets. But then they start blabbing it out. You know, any, any kind of number, any of a number of things that a person can do to another person to make life suck. You know? And it's the same thing with the car, man. Sometimes it's really weird. You get you, especially if the car is running well. It's not like if you, if you got a junker or something like that. Somewhere in the back of your mind, you're going, you know, this thing's going to fail me at some point. And you make the, you know, the appropriate adjustments. You know what I'm saying? You get a job close to you. So, you know, well, this car will get me back and forth to the job. And if this car falls apart, you know, if this car breaks down at some point three months from now, six months from now, and I have to get it fixed, I can always catch the bus. It'll be a pain in the neck. I'll have to get up an hour earlier, but I can still get to work. I'll have to come back on the bus with a bunch of jackasses who are elbowing me in the face, but at least I'll be able to get back and forth to work. It doesn't matter whether or not it's inconvenient to me whether I get to work or not. It's what matters is can I get there or not? So you can get away with a junker then, you know? And people have junker relationships. You know, you, you don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Everybody's had junker relationships. You've either been the junker or found a junker. And this isn't to denigrate an individual. I don't mean in that way. What I mean by that is you know what the kind of person you want to be with? And I'm not talking about jackasses who have these ridiculously high standards. Well, if my girlfriend does not look exactly, and I mean exactly like Beyonce Knowles, I will not date her. Yeah, yeah. Nice try, pal loser. Just calm down. You know, I'm not talking about those jackasses. If he doesn't look like Brad Pitt when Brad Pitt was 30, I don't want him. No, you're an idiot. Shut up. But I'm talking about you find someone who's just attractive, just attractive enough that you want to get it on with them, but not, but not so attractive enough that if they left, it would hurt that bad. Now, that's a bad thing to say and a bad way to feel, but I know it's happened. I've never done it and never will do it. I just can't do it because I would feel like I was insulting the other person. I would feel like I was wasting the other person's time. And if somebody was doing that to me, like, he's kind of cute. He's, he's funny. He's kind of cute. You know, I'll just, I'll just deal with him for a while, meaning me. You know, I've never been on the other side of that, at least not that I know of. 
but I wouldn't want to be a part of that on either side of the, of the equation because that kind of sucks. But you people have, have had junker relationships. I know people that have had junker relationships. I know it. I know it. That's not what they called it. I'm not going to use the language that they used, but you know what I'm talking about. They're like, you know, I know girls that that make it a point to date guys that are not as attractive as they are in their mind or not in their what they consider their level of attractiveness. Why? Because another guy, other ladies are going to want him. And then if all these other ladies want him, he's going to cheat and get it on with another lady. And then I'm going to get left. He's not going to, I'm going to find a guy that's, that's lucky. that feels like he's lucky to have me. And guys do the same thing. I'm going to find a girl, you know, she's going to be devoted to me. She's going to feel like she's lucky to have me. And this, that, 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 that. And then if that relationship falls apart, who cares? That's what they're thinking. I mean, I mean, I mean hey, you know, I got it on when she was cute enough. She had a nice ass. Nice boobs. I enjoyed banging, you know, enjoyed banging her, you know what I mean? Ladies are thinking the same way. You know, he had a nice six pack. I enjoyed riding him. I enjoyed banging him, you know, and he was kind of cute. It was fun getting it on with him and banging him and a bit, you know, all that ridiculousness. But when they leave, yeah, you miss having somebody to get it on with. But it's not like your, your heart's ripped out. You're just disappointed and like crap. And it's the same thing with a junkie car. If it falls apart and you spent 1500 bucks on it because you just needed to go to work. I didn't want to ride the bus and you wanted to save yourself some time. If it falls apart, it's bad. But it's not going to ruin your damn life. It's not like you spent 30 grand on the damn thing. And you're constantly pumping money into it and have a car payment and have full coverage insurance. You know, <laughs> but you don't realize how thing, how important something is until it's gone. If you invest in it, if it's a brand new car, and like I said, if you spend 30 grand on the damn thing and all of a sudden it's broken and you can't get it for, for some reason, they can't figure out what's wrong with it. And you can't, you can't really rely on it. You bought a brand new car. You should be able to go from coast to coast in the damn thing. It's a brand new car, but now you can't trust the damn thing because no one can find out, can, can find out what's wrong with it. You can't trust it. Everybody's looking at the car from the outside and going, oh, man, that, that car is nice. You should have, ooh, this, that, ooh, that's beautiful. You should be able to do this. Inside you're going, yeah, but the damn thing sometimes won't start. And nobody knows why. And I can't only go but so far because this thing might shut off on me. <laughs> you see the same thing with the person with the super duper hot person. Oh man, that person is hot. She's so this that man. You got it good, man. Or he's so fine. You got it, and it looks good from the outside. But you know, you can only go so far with that person, <laughs> right? Six pack abs don't make good financial decisions. Big tits do not, you know, help you save for the kids' kids' college fund. You know. They don't do that. You can only go so far with the person. And then when you think in terms of the junker, well, what if you actually get another job and now you have to travel to get the job? You're qualified for the job, but it's far away, further away than this junker can go. Well, now you got to get another car, right? A lot of people are that way with relationships, man. You know, you now you've been with this person for two years. You've been getting it on with them. You don't really love them that much. You like them. You enjoy getting it on with them. But after a year or two now, all of a sudden, this person wants to be your husband or your wife. They want to have children with him, with you. And you're going, oh, that's a new job. And I don't know if I want to drive this that far. 
that's the same thing. And I was thinking about that because my, my damn vehicle is acting like shit. Just got the fucking thing. And now all of a sudden, the mechanic's like, I don't know what's wrong with Mr. Thomas. And I got to take it to another mechanic and another mechanic. And eventually, somebody will find out what's wrong with it. But it'll cost a truckload of bread that I don't fucking have to spend on that shit. And I've been in relationships like that. You know, try to figure out what the hell is wrong with it. And you try this and try that and try this and try that and you try this and you try that. And eventually you'll find out what's wrong with it. After you've invested a whole lot of something more valuable than your money, years of your life. (laughs) Right. You know, you buy a car for a certain amount of money and then you wind up spending several more grand fixing something that that the people who were supposed to be supposed to be good at these things couldn't find because it was something simple and stupid that they overlooked. And it's the same thing when you're dating somebody. The problem is pretty simple, but you kind of overlooked it. You know, my, my computer's acting kind of funny. I wonder why. And you find out that your secretly mega jealous significant other has been putting spyware on your computer (laughs) and been tracking your ass. You didn't know they were crazy. You couldn't tell they were crazy. You overlooked it. You were looking for problems. You were wondering why they were acting weird. But then, you know, they'd stop acting weird for a little while and you'd forget about it. And then they'd act weird again. And then they start acting weird again. And what the hell is going on? You couldn't figure it out. You overlooked it. It's just weird, man. You know, when, when you're dealing with, you know, it's, it's a weird thing to draw comparisons between relationships with significant others and relationships with your vehicles. But if you really think about it, you know, your vehicle is your second biggest investment financially. It's usually your house first and then your car, unless you have children. So when something happens to that, it's like, oh, God, not that. Oh, I can't. Oh, no. Oh, you know, that sick feeling when you turn the key and this is and you just got the damn thing and this thing should turn over. You should never you shouldn't have to worry about any significant problems that not like the car not starting. This is not something you should have to worry about for years, at least three, four years. In the best case scenario, you shouldn't have that problem for three, four, five years. Even think about something like that. But there should be warning signs before that happens. And you can just go in and make a small, you know, maintenance adjustment or something like that. And then the car is cool. Right? It's the same thing when you're dating somebody, you're living with somebody. You shouldn't start seeing really weird shit right away. I mean, if you're acting like a, a crazy person three months in, you know, you're acting like a nutcase three months in, four months in, two dates in, you're not supposed to be doing that yet. It'd be different if a person was jealous and possessive after you married them and then they started seeing other girls trying to grab your balls. You weren't exactly moving their balls out of the way. (laughs) I mean, at that point, of course, they're going to be. What the hell were you doing? I saw you aiming your balls at her hand. I was not aiming your balls at that woman's hand. Hi, is that your wife? Oh, my God. You didn't tell me you were married, especially after you kept aiming your balls at my hand. (laughs) She's crazy. I've never done that. (laughs) <laughs> was with the knife and fork at my neck. 
Now, as I stated, like I said, the car is the second biggest financial investment that you have after your house. But if you really think about it, someone that you are waking up next to, someone whose genitals you're enjoying and who's enjoying your genitals, someone you're licking food off of and getting it on with and living in the same house with you and maybe you put a ring on her finger or you put a ring on his finger or whatever the situation is. That's the second most important relationship that you have in your life. With the first and most important relationship, obviously, being with your damn self, because no matter what anybody says, yes, you would jump in front of a bullet for your wife or husband. I get that. But let's be honest. Even though you would do that, you still care more about your damn self, even if it's just a shade more than you do your spouse. Don't act like you've never hidden a piece of cake in the back of the refrigerator because she has this habit of sticking her fork in your damn cake. Don't lie. You do it. Shut up. Okay. And lady, don't act like you don't sit in your car and finish that finish that ice cream cone and you didn't buy him one because you didn't feel like it. Or you bought him one and then you ate the damn thing yourself. And then when you go, hey, did, did they have ice cream? Oh, they, there was such a long line at the McDonald's. I couldn't get you a cone. <laughs> And I'm not even talking about the big things like nailing someone else or doing something horrible. But there's times when you just got to think about yourself first. You're number one. The other person is one A. It's always been that way. It'll always be that way. It's politically incorrect to say that that's not the case. But you know it is. This is the S. Anthony Says podcast, my friends. I'm keeping it real here. And I'm not saying anything to you that I wouldn't say to somebody else. Mainly because there's a whole bunch of people listening to this crap and... uh can't deny it anymore <laughs> maybe i should edit that part out nah fuck that i'm keeping it in i'm keeping it. i don't edit out shit i edit out nothing could i yes will i nope but like i said those are the most important relationships and, and what happens is when it fails when it fails when the car fails oh when a relationship fails oh and that's what I said to myself when I realized that my car was fucked up. Like, you know what? I got to get to the point where I set up everything where I don't necessarily have to rely on this car. Will I get it fixed? Eventually, the problem will be solved. I get it. Not a big deal. I mean, it's a big deal now because it hasn't been fixed yet. <clears throat> but I'll get it fixed and then everything will go back to normal. But I have to make sure that I remember Set yourself up in such a way that you always have the backup plan ready. So if the car goes down for whatever reason, if you don't have a second car, you were able to do whatever you needed to do without the car. Always have that set up. If I'm going to a gig or something like that, I will make I will make it a point to contact the other comics and say, you know, if any, any one of us, if any of our cars go down or whatever, with this, that and the other, like I used to do back in the day. If any of our cars goes down, we'll contact each other. We'll make sure we'll check in with each other a certain amount of time before the gig. And if any one of us is not riding, we'll make it a point to hook up. And, you know, whoever has working cars, you know, if, if one of our cars goes down or whatever, we'll, we'll get together and make sure that person gets there. Got to have a backup. For everything, almost. Now, when we go to relationships, I'm not talking about having a backup, meaning having another woman on the side. They go, well, I'm having a hard time with my, with my wife. Would you mind if I rhythmically thrust my genitals inside yours? Fantastic. Now, I'm not talking about that. The backup plan to the relationship with someone else 
is you. The backup plan is you having a good relationship with you. So if they do leave for whatever reason, if it's the super duper hot person that you dreamed of and oh my God, I can't believe it's, oh my God. If they leave, realize you already got one super duper hot person. Guess what? If you did it once, you can do it again. That's what happened to me the first time I dated the model was this super duper smoking awesome. Oh my God, I can't believe it. And I'm just a regular looking guy who just happens to be cute, charming, and incredibly charismatic. <laughs> I am so shut up. And then she dropped my ass. Oh, really? You're not going to get... Oh, really? So that thing that you were going to... Well, now that I realize it, that it's not going to happen for you, <laughs> I don't have time to wait for you to... I got to go. Bye, Bye douchebag. And I was sitting there going, oh, God, <laughs> I didn't cry. Let's keep it real. I'm not some punk, but I was bummed out. But after a while, I started thinking, wait a second, I already got one smoking hot woman. You think I can't do it again? I didn't have anything when I got her. And then I started realizing, well, what's, she's no different than any other female in, in so far as that her specific look, make, look makes her better than anybody else. A regular, quote, regular cute girl can make me just as happy because I'm just a regular cute guy and I made that smoking hot woman happy. Well, when we were naked, I mean, when she found out I wasn't going to get any money and I wasn't going to get that damn show, she got the hell out of there quickly. <laughs> I can laugh at that shit now. It's hilarious. I actually did a, one of my earlier podcasts about that. I told the, the whole story. Just go back and listen to all my old shit. And I don't feel I'm not telling you what episode it is because you should go back and listen to all my shit. Damn it. But it was funny. But now I'm at the point now where I don't necessarily go just for someone who's smoking hot and waste my time with that, like getting the, the smoking hot uh, sports car that's not practical or workable or reliable. I go after a person that's really, really cool as a human being and likes me for me. I mean, who doesn't? You guys do, right? <laughs> yes, you do. Shut up. And then I realized, you know, and even if they do leave, even if I'm really super duper invested in the person and it would crush me if they left, it would hurt really badly because I'm so invested in them. And you know how when you were in a relationship with someone, especially if you fit well together, essentially what you form is this, there's your brain, her brain, and then you get together and you form this super brain. That's the combination of the two of you where wherever her weaknesses are, because you're compatible, those are your strengths and vice versa. So you make this mega powerful wonder twins team that happens when two people get together that are compatible. But what happens is when that other person leaves or you leave or just ends for whatever reason, half of your brain is gone and those damn superpowers that come with being with that person are gone. You can't find shit in the house anymore. She was always able to find that stuff. You can't fix that. He was always able to fix that. You can't. Oh, my God. She could do math in her head. Oh, geez. I, I got to get the calculator out. And she was able to do. Oh, geez. She was able to, you know, come up with the percentages and the mortgage and all that shit. She was able to do that in her head. Damn it. And then she's getting lost everywhere because she can't because you're the one that has a wonderful, you know, ability to find things, spatial relationships. Even if we stay away from the stereotypical crap, you know what I mean? There are certain things that you're strong at that you, you know, that where your strengths lie and the other person's weaknesses and you mesh, you mesh together. Have that superpower of the third brain that exists when those two brains get together. And when it's gone, you lose the superpowers and half of your damn brain. You don't have tap it. You can't tap into that thing anymore. And you're like, oh, shit. You feel bad. But like I said, the backup plan is you. The backup plan is being really, really cool no matter what. 
being independent, being part of the unit, but also being independent. So if that person does in fact go, it'll hurt, but you'll still keep on moving. It's still, when you say to your friends, it's all good, you'll mean it. It hurts. She's not there anymore. You can't slip, you can't slurp a frosting off of her butt cheeks. You know what I'm saying? Can't slurp on her chest yummies. You don't get the feeling of holding her and having her watch a movie while sitting in your lap with your arms wrapped around her and, her, and that wonderful feeling. And every guy knows what I'm talking about. One of the best feelings in the world is having a woman sit between your legs, you know, leaning back on your chest with a, you know, with a head on you. And you're watching one of those movies she forced you to, to watch. You don't really want to see the crap, but you know she loves it. And then she sees something in one of those romantic comedies that make you want to vomit. But you can see she's really enjoying herself. And then she sees something funny and she's laughing hard while you're holding her oh man that's the best it's not as good as what happened 40 minutes later when you're on top of her and she's screaming go daddy working oh my god please right there right there big papa that's better but the laughing while you're holding her is still pretty damn good you miss that crap you miss going to the supermarket you know, and you got, and she comes. Do we eat this? This looks familiar. I know. Yes, we do. You hear the word "we," and it's like, yeah. She said, "We, ha <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we, <laughs> her plus me, ha, <laughs> oh yeah." That's gone now. But <laughs> the backup plan is you. As long as you keep yourself together. And have the backup plan of being strong and cool and self-sufficient. Even when they go. You're cool. As long as you have a backup plan. You can get to this gig and that gig and this place. And you can get to work and get to the supermarket. And get here and get there and get there. And then when the car goes down. You don't skip a beat. It's more difficult. But you're going to get another car eventually. Get that car fixed. The backup plan is you. And that's why I'm I'm frustrated by the fact that my car is in the shop right now and I can't drive the damn thing. And that's why I'm frustrated right now that I don't have a steady girlfriend. A little frustrated with that, but I'm not worried about getting another girlfriend or a steady girlfriend. I know it's going to happen. There's no doubt in my mind about that. And I ain't worried about the car either because, like I said, they'll fix it eventually. They'll find out what's wrong with it. I'll give them the money. I'll go into the bathroom and cry a little bit after writing the check. And cry a little bit more. How, 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 how many hundred? Oh, not hundred, it's a thousand what? Excuse me, I'm going to go into the bathroom. Now you're going to hear the sounds of a grown man screaming, Oh God, no, and screaming. And you're probably going to hear the sound of someone vomiting in the toilet going, Oh God, I can't take it, this is just too much, damn it. Damn it, damn car, damn it, damn it, damn it, and pounding the wall. And I'm going to walk out looking like I just vomited and wiped tears from my eyes. And I'm going to hand you the check. And you're going to notice that the ink on the check, that the check has actually been written very, very hard. Like I pressed down really hard on the on the paper like I was mad. And you're probably going to have a hard time ripping the check out of my damn hand. And I'm probably going to say some really rude things under my breath while looking at you and walking out of the room backward. But I just want to let you know that it's all an illusion. None of that actually is going to happen in about six minutes. All right? (laughs) Uh, So I know that there's some crap going on with you. doesn't matter what country you're in. I know most of the audience is in the United States, but I know that 
Some of you are in Great Britain, and I know some of you are in Australia, and I know some of you are in Canada, but let's be honest, it's all the same stuff. You know, we all have the same problems. Everybody tries to act like everything's different. Everybody, oh, our culture's slightly different. Yeah, you may drive on a different side of the road. Maybe you have a country that speaks a lot of French. You know, maybe, you know, maybe you got some fucking kangaroos in your backyard. I don't know. But when it comes down to it, we all deal with the same stupid crap on a regular basis. Right? But just remember the same thing that I had to talk to myself about as I came back to my house on foot after riding the bus, which is not a big deal. <laughs> yes, it is. It's all good. You keep moving forward because you got a goal to keep pushing forward and being aggressive and moving towards the crap you want to do and be and have. It all works out for the most part. That's the truth. How do I know? Because I know things, you sick bastards. All right. The S-Man has spoken. This segment's over, damn it. And you better listen to all the other segments. Why? Because I said so. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm actually sitting here. Uh, sorry about the left and right on the speakers. I'm actually adjusting my seating in this chair. Uh, and then <laughs> I want to talk to you about this. There's there come there's there's times when the work people that work in your house, men or women, get, become a little bit too attached to the stuff in your house that they worked on. You know, um, I had a person that worked on a sink in my house. And he fixed the sink. But the, what started to happen was I would run across him in different places. And even before he said hello to me, the person that paid him, he would always start off asking about the damn sink. You know, instead of saying, hey, it's Anthony, how's it going, man? You know, boop, boop, this, this, that, sports, this, that, hey, pleasantries, hey, this, that, that, small talk, weather, this, that, this. He went, I would literally see him and, how's my sink? And I'm going, uh, Fine. So it's good and good. There's no dripping or anything like that, you know. There's no uh, any scratches or anything like that on the on the, on the steel or uh, you know the washers. Everything's good. Yes, yes, everything everything's good. Okay, all right. Then he walks away. Didn't even didn't ask how I was. Didn't say how's it going. Did nothing. Just started talking. He just came up and talked about the damn sink. And it would happen every time. And each time he would ask me about the sink because more time had passed between the repair and that specific point. He would get into more intricate questions about the damn sink and would always refer to it as, how's my sink? As if it was his sink. Now, in the beginning, I didn't think really much of it. You know, who cares? You know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that's a kind of a jokey thing. And how's my sink? How's my hey ho, hey ho? Not a problem. But he seemed to be more distressed as time went on, as if he he sounded like a dad that was asking about a child he was not allowed to see by his disgruntled ex-wife. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's like, it's, I'm in my mind going, you want to visit the sink or some shit? I mean, you're not taking my word for it. You think I'm making up the fact that the sink's not broken? You think I have the sink in the basement somewhere and I'm kicking its ass? Yeah, you probably, oh yeah, you're crying now, sink, aren't you? You probably just want to see that damn plumber, don't you? Well, let's guess what? You can't see the plumber because you're my sink, okay? He only comes in to fix you every once in a while. He doesn't have to go through all the hard work that I went. I'm the one that went to Lowe's to get you. 
I'm the one that, that put you in the first place. I installed you. He didn't install you. I installed you. I'm the one that had to work all those hours to get the money to afford you. I'm the one that measured off the, the space. I'm the one that put all of that stuff together. I did all the hard work, and then he comes in and welds one pipe, and all of a sudden you want to spend time with him? You want to see him? Well, let me tell you something, damn it. The hell with him. You are my sink. Right? It's just funny to watch work people get so attached. And I'm sitting there going, you know, you, you, you act like it's the... And this is what I'm thinking. I didn't say it to the guy. I didn't hurt the guy's feelings. But I'm thinking, this guy's acting like he only did one sink in his life and his work was such a masterpiece and such of such high quality and so incredible. He just felt spiritually attached to it and he just needed to come and pay homage to his to the sink that he repaired. And he needs to come every once in a while and he needs to look at the sink. Oh, that's my sink that I fixed. Yay. Oh, there it is. See that spot right there? That's where I stopped the leak. Yeah. That's right, Charlie Rose. Thank you for doing this 60-minute interview with me about how I fixed that sink one time three years ago. That's right. It's important. It's an important story to get out there because people don't realize that there are millions and millions of sinks in the country that have this problem. And if we don't solve this problem, if we don't solve this problem now, then the sinks of America will fail. They will die. And I will not have dead sinks on my conscience. So I'm challenging three people to do a challenge, okay? The firecracker in your ass challenge. And how, what, why are we going to commercial? Why am I being asked to leave? What's going on here? <laughs> you know, because that always cracked me up. You look, mechanics will do that to you too. You know, plumbers will do that to you. I had a guy that was I had a guy that fixed the storm door on my house, and one of my little cousins was over the house and did not close the storm door. And the storm door was ajar a bit. Not a big deal. It's a steel door on the back of the house. Both of the doors are metal. So even if the even if the little storm door is open, it's not like somebody's gonna be able to break in here or anything. So he drives by and he I don't even I'm sitting there going, Did you get out of your car? Cross the street, look over my back gate to see that the door was ajar. The door was open about four inches. Okay, yeah, there was something on the ground that the kid forgot to pick up that kept the door open. He calls me up. I was a little concerned, you know, I saw my door out back. It was uh, it was open a little bit. You know, I mean, I mean, you got to really, you know, you got to make sure that there's aren't there aren't things that that fall down on the ground that block the door because I don't want to make you know, I just want to make sure that my door doesn't uh doesn't become a little, you know, because it can really mess up the door. You know, and I, and I, you know, I want, I want my door to look like that because it could be bent a little bit by the digit. And I'm sitting there going, did this guy just fucking call me in the middle of a a football game to ask me about the door he fixed six months ago? Is this guy fucking kidding me? You know? And I, like I said, I didn't want to be rude to the guy. And I'm sitting there going, I'm just fucking first and goal in the third quarter. This could tie the game. This, is this guy calling me in my goddamn house at two, on Sunday to tell me about a storm door? Does he realize if he was here right now, I would probably... I probably wouldn't even have to curse him. I'd probably see the go fuck yourself look that's on my face right now. I should just actually take a selfie of myself right now saying, you know what? I want you to, I want you to, I'm going to send you a, I'm going to send you something. You're going to get a picture. Okay. Hold on. And send. 
okay, it was probably a picture. Oh, you can send me a picture of the door? You know, yeah, because that's just really good. Let's just send a picture of the door so I could see exactly what's wrong with the door. And then I could see a close-up of it. And maybe you know, I could get the repair done. Wait a second. Is this to your go-fuck-yourself face? That's not nice. That's rude. Yes, it is rude. As rude as you calling me on Sunday. I'm a dude. This is Sunday. Football Sunday. No dude should ever call another dude on Football Sunday unless he's on fire. I mean, even if you're on fire, you better try putting yourself out in the damn shower first. Then you call me. I'm on fire, man. Did you try to shower first? Of course I tried to shower first. I wouldn't call you because I'm on fire without trying to shower first. I mean, it's football Sunday. You're a good friend. I'll be over in a minute to put some water on you if you're not dead by the time I get there. That's a good friend, damn it. <laughs> you know? I mean, I've fixed things at people's houses before. Once I've done the repair, I'm the fuck out of there. I mean, I'm not a repair person. I'm, I'm not some handyman or anything. But this, you know, every person who's, who's who's lived in a house can fix certain things. And sometimes, it, you know, whatever you've gotten pretty good at is may not be in the skill set of the person you're helping out. Or maybe they're a new homeowner or a young relative or a friend that just doesn't know how to do this specific thing. I've had friends, I'm going, dude, I don't know how to fix that crap. And my friend will go, I've done about 15 of those. I said, really? Well, make it 16. Get your ass over here and hook me up. Oh, no problem. And then you do it. And in this case, I've done it for somebody else. You didn't know how to fix that. That's a problem that I had have, have had over the years several times. I've done it successfully several times. It's really not that big of a deal. I go over there really quick. Oh, this is no problem. Mine was worse than this. Click, click, click. Fix, fix, fix. Saw, cut, nail, whatever. Fix it. And I get the hell out of there. And these are somebody I know whose houses I've been in. I've actually fixed shit for people, gone in their house, seen them fuck it up again. I didn't even mention it. I don't give a shit. Wait a second. I just helped you fix that chair and it's broken again. I don't care. I'm not going to call up. Wait a second. What's that squeaking sound in the background? That's the, that's the dining room chair closest to the door. That's the one I fixed. I can hear the squeak. I know the squeak of a chair I fixed, you bastards. You're messing up my chair. It shouldn't squeak like that. I told you to oil that chair, damn it. You didn't oil the chair. You're damaging my property. Uh, it's not your property, it's actually my chair. Don't you dare say that. Once I'm invested in a repair, damn it, it's mine too. Hell no. <laughs> But that was the funniest thing. That was, I mean, that literally tickles me now. It used to bother me. It used to literally make me angry. Because sometimes people will say little slick crap, you know, and, and you know, say little slick things to see if they can get something, to slip something by you. And I usually hear all of that stuff. And sometimes, when I was younger, I would call people on everything. You know, somebody says something trying to be slick, or even if it's a slip of the tongue. Ah, but you, aha, but what you said was this, and you meant that. You're trying to slip, you're trying to get something by me, aren't you? Well, let me tell you something, man. This, that, and the other. But now, I don't give a crap. If it doesn't directly affect me or my friends or family, I don't care. I've actually gone places with with, with female relatives and had, you know, to get a repair. Like, I had a lady, for a relative, who was going to get a car repaired. And I went with her because I had, um, I had known the area that the mechanic, I didn't know the mechanic, but I knew the area better. So, I had a, so when they gave me the address, I think, I, ah, I know where that is. I don't really know how to get there. I said, you know what? I'll, I'll go with you. I know how to get there. No big deal. So I go with her. And then the guy's like, okay, uh, Mrs. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, your husband's here. And under normal circumstances, I would correct the person. But there's a, there's a, there's a almost 0% chance I will ever see this guy again. So there's really no reason to correct the person. I don't give a shit. You know? 
but I just, <laughs> like I said, I don't call people on that kind of stuff anymore. I just don't care. And that's why when the guys now, when I have a person that's repairing things now, and, you know, my sink, my door, my this, my that, I let them say it. I don't give a shit. I don't give a crap. Actually, it kind of amuses me now. Because I just got my car back. I, uh, you know, I uh, was at the repair and they finally figured out what was wrong with my damn car. And, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I finally got my car back, you know. And uh, now, by the way, when this podcast airs, I haven't decided which the, what order the segments are going to be in. So this segment actually might be before a segment where I'm complaining about my car not working. So if you hear this segment and then after that, you hear a whole segment of me talking about my car being fucked up, realize that in this segment, I'm telling you the truth, which is that my car is now fixed. But in that segment, I was telling you the truth because at that time, my car was fucked up. So if there's any confusion, it was just cleared up. Uh, So, you know, so and and, 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 uh, my mechanic now, he still refers to any car bringing this car. Here's a you can take you can take my Camry now, and I'm going yeah, okay, <laughs> and I laughed at him. And uh, it's not a big deal anymore, but that shit used to drive me insane, man. Because this guy, like I said, it's not like the guy uh, calls my house. Hey, it's Anthony. How's my Camry doing? He doesn't do that, you know. And when I bring it in, he goes, "What's wrong with it?" It. And he says, my, when it's leaving, you know, and occasionally I'll do, I'll, you know, because he, he's one of those old guys that does the same jokes, you know, like, you know, okay, uh, you bringing that bomb in here again? Okay, uh, you know, uh, like when I'm going to get an oil change, oh, you bringing that piece of crap in here again? Like it's a piece of crap. Hey, why don't you park it over there? You want me to park it for you? You know, you can't park. You young guys can't park. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Same jokes every time. I hear the same joke. And you got to give them that fake laugh. Hey, <laughs> I'm just going to laugh at this joke because I don't want you to fuck my brakes up. <laughs> yeah, that joke was great. <laughs> and this is the 714th time I've heard it. And I'm telling you, it keeps getting funnier. <laughs> Please don't fuck my brakes up. That's why I'm going to give you these laughs. <laughs> And then he does the same joke when I leave. Okay, make sure you don't mess my Camry up. Okay, I don't want to see you in here for a while. Okay, take care of my car. I'm like, hey, no problem. And since it's your car, do me a favor. Could you send me in some of the car payments? Because, uh, I mean, since we're sharing the car and all. He said, share the car. He actually, I said, I'm going to see how many times he laughs at the same joke. I'm going to give him exactly the same joke back every time he gives me that joke about it being his car and not coming back here. Every time he says that, I'm going to hit him back with the same lame-ass comeback against his lame-ass joke. And he still laughs at the shit. And societal pressure tells me that I have to laugh at his crap joke because I know he's going to laugh at my crap joke. In fact, I'm thinking that my mechanic is somewhere doing a mechanics car, uh, podcast right now going, You know, uh, uh, S. Anthony Thomas who has a podcast called the S. Anthony Says Podcast. He, uh, he brings his car in all the time. He brought his Camry in and... uh. You know, it was a little problem with the thing there, the computerized thing, and I fixed the computerized thing in his car that we couldn't figure it out at first. And, uh, you know, he's he's a nice guy. And you know what I do? Every time he comes in, I always call his, when his car is going out after I fix it, I call it my car. <laughs> but he keeps telling me the same damn joke. Every time I say my car, he always says to me, hey, since, it's our, since we're both sharing the since it's our car, why don't I send him uh, some of the car payments? <laughs> you know, I, I feel I, I laugh at his joke all the time. I don't know why he keeps giving me the same lame comeback. I keep giving him these fresh, that's my car jokes. This is some good primetime A material. Really, really fresh, innovative stuff. And he keeps coming back with the same lame-ass line. It doesn't matter. He's a nice guy. Hope he's taking care of my car, though. 
I miss that Camry. It's a great car. But as Anthony drops the Camry off, we have special time together. Yeah. I hope that Camry doesn't tell him what I do with the Camry when he's not around. Yeah. I sit in the passenger seat. And then I look at the other three delicious seats in this car. And I close the passenger, I'm sorry, the driver's seat. Then I close the driver's door, I walk around to the front. And I sit down in the passenger seat. Yeah. And I massage every inch of the dashboard. And then I open up the glove box. And then I close the glove box. And then I open the glove box. Yeah. And then I look at that back seat. And I open it up. And, there's, and what I'm repairing has nothing to do with the back seat. I could actually just plug into the diagnostic port, punch in a couple of codes, and solve his problem. He could have had, he could have actually stood there while I was repairing his car, as it turns out. But I needed my alone time with his Camry. So I go to the back seat and I lay down in it. I want to touch all of the back seat simultaneously. It's been a long time. It's a very well-constructed car. He doesn't bring it in often. I wanted to savor my time with it. I wanted to spend as much time with the back seat as possible. And then I said, you know what? Damn it. I've been all up inside the engine. But I've never had an experience with this Camry's trunk. So I popped the trunk and I noticed that he's taking everything out of the trunk. That's right. I look at the carpeting in the trunk and I realize he hasn't put much in there. He's very conscientious with keeping it clean. Oh, look at that trunk. I open the trunk and I run my fingers all through the carpet of the trunk and I realize it's fresh, it's clean. And then I climb deep up inside the trunk of his Camry. I take my whole body and I climb up inside it. I would have closed the door, but that is just too much. It's too much of a commitment to close the door. Someone might see it, and I don't want them to spoil this moment with this Camry. I don't want this moment ruined. And then I climb out of the trunk and I close it down gently, much more gently than I think he does, because he has the Camry every day. And sometimes when you have the Camry every day, you don't appreciate it as much as someone who only gets to see it when its oil needs to be changed or if there's a computer code problem. And I close it gingerly. And I walk around to the gas tank, and there's really no reason for me to open up the gas tank. But I open it up, my friends, and I sniff the gas. I bet he never sniffs the gas tank. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's missing. And then I put the gas cap back, close the gas tank. And I realize I must stop now, because, quite frankly, there's something I need to do. I need to think of more of what the Camry needs. I can't just use this Camry for my pleasures, no! I must make sure the Camry gets its needs fulfilled. And so I go back to the driver's seat and I plug my instrument deep inside the diagnostic port. And I run the codes. Yeah, the codes. And I see what it needs and I give it what it needs. <laughs> what it needs. I give it what he can't give it. And once I give the codes, once I push the buttons, the precise buttons, the Camry's fulfilled. I 
slide the key into the ignition and it purrs. It purrs the same way it did as the moment it was rolled out of the factory. And I know now it's over. I close the door. I walk back into the shop. I sit down in my office and I pick up the phone. I know it's Anthony's number by heart and I know it's wrong what I did. I know it's his car. He drives it every day. He fills it with gas. He cleans it. He does all the maintenance himself. <laughs> the maintenance he can do. But I know, alas, it is his car. His vehicle. And it must be returned to him promptly. I like him. My little escapades with his car must be for my enjoyment. My enjoyment. I must not ruin his relationship with this car. I must maintain it because there is integrity here. Even though I have stolen moments with his Camry. So I dial the phone and I call S. Anthony. Mr. Thomas? Yeah? Your Camry's ready. Oh, cool, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, when can I come and get it? Oh, you can come and get it at any time. I'm done with it. <laughs> Why did you laugh when you said done with it? Oh, no reason. Just come get your car, sir. It's ready for you now. Okay, that was kind of weird, wasn't it? That little weird thing that I just did. Yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You know, most people uh, feel comfortable being weird in, in another character. I feel comfortable saying weird shit in another character. But if you listen to my podcast on a regular basis, you probably also know that I'm very, very comfortable saying weird shit in my own voice like this. <laughs> uh, but but you know what I'm saying, though. You know, guys, it's, it's just really weird when someone, people get so overly attached to your stuff, your sink, your car, whatever. And uh, now it doesn't bother me at all. I know my Camry's a bit of a hoe, you know, letting the guy all up in its trunk, letting him sit in all the seats, make me sick. Well, guess what, Camry? I'm going to get up close to the mic to say this. See, now I know what kind of car you are, Camry. And, but the thing is, your ride is so good, I'm not going to give you up. And I also know that he used protection the few times you let him all up in your trunk and all up underneath your hood and all in your glove box. I know about it, but just to let you know something, huh, I drove a rental car when you were with the mechanic. Oh, yeah. Yes, I did. That's right, Cameron. And every time you let that damn mechanic all up in you like that, I'm going to get a rental car with a big trunk. <laughs> a much bigger trunk than yours that I could put a whole lot more stuff up in it. Oh, yeah. And the car I had, it wasn't four-cylinder like you. It was an eight-cylinder with all that power. Yes, right. I drove that other car. I drove it hard, Camry. I drove that car hard. And if you ever let that mechanic all up in you like that again, Camry, I'm telling you something right now. I'm going to get an SUV and I'm going to ride it all up in the mud and off-road. Yeah, you can't go off-road, can you? Exactly. Ha! Thinking he was trying to be slick. I hate car hoes. And then people that are listening to me, I know this sounds weird, but don't tell. You need to go and check your cars. Check your GPSs on your cars. You don't know what them car hoes are doing. Them cars can be doing stuff behind your back. 
Don't tell me you never parked your car someplace and it looked like the car was parked where you are, but it actually looks like it's like six inches further ahead in the parking spot or a couple inches further back. You don't know what that car was doing while you were sleeping. That's right. I'm going to call Joey Greco and have it, keep, have it follow my car around for cheaters. See what's up. I suggest you do the same thing. That's all I got to say. Okay, cats and kitties. Time for some inside information about show business, damn it. <laughs> this, is, this is like a weird thing that I, that, I, that I figured out, that I found out when I was a little kid. And when I say little kid, I mean like teenager or whatever. When I started performing uh, professionally when I was in my late teens, early 20s. And when I would work with the old guys, uh, the you know some of those guys are like really old. You know they they, they were they were in vaudeville. And you, when you when you're coming up, you play at different places and stuff. And uh, and I walked into the room, and uh, these guys were really nice and really gracious to, to me at the time. I'm just a little dopey kid, you know, trying to learn how to do stand-up comedy. And I had gotten pretty good at it, and I gotten on one of these shows. And some of the guys on the shows were kind of old. I mean, not old. I mean, I would still even at my age now consider them old. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm a grown man now. And I walked into the room and I was, I think I was 18 years old at the time. And I walked into the room and everybody else in the show had on, you know, suits. And some guys had on tuxedos and crap like that. And I'm going, man, these guys are dressed up. I'm just wearing regular, you know, my clothes were nice, but they weren't, you know, tuxedos. And I noticed they were all sitting there laughing and joking. Come on in, man, meaning me. And I walk in and they're sitting there with no pants on. And I'm going... I guess this is, you know, I really, the first thing I thought was maybe this is some kind of practical joke. Like, you know, the new kids coming in, let's all be sitting there with no pants on, you know? And I think, and my first thought was they're going to try to get me to sit there in my drawers too. And then they're going to laugh at me when I take my pants off. Of course, that was never going to happen. So I walk in and I'm going, you know, I'm not even going to mention the fact that these four dudes are sitting there playing cards with their drawers on. I'm not saying nothing. You know, I'm just happy that none of their balls are swinging out. Okay. So I sit down with them and I say, I don't really know how to play poker, but I'll sit here with you cats. He goes, okay, don't worry about it, kid, no problem. You know, we wouldn't want to take your money anyway. Huck, yuck, 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 you know. So we're sitting there, we're laughing and joking, and they're giving me the old, hey, kid, back in the day, this happened. Hey, kid, back in the day, that happened. Hey, kid, this, this, that, this, that, and this, this, which was cool. I really appreciated the insight and the uh, the information from, from uh, my, uh, my senior performers. But what I didn't realize uh, was... You know, the elephant in the room was killing me. I was like, I got to ask these bastards why <laughs> why they're sitting there with no, with no pants on. And I say, guys, he goes, yeah, what's up? What, what do this kid? I got to know. I've been sitting there with you guys for 45 minutes. Why are you all sitting there in your drawers? And they all laugh. Oh, yuck, 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 yuck. Kid, there's a lot you don't know. I'm like, well, please tell me because, you know, what's going on? Because I'm sitting there going... You know, these guys, are these guys going, is this some kind of thing where you actually go on stage and some kind of routine you guys do, you know, with your pants off or something? What the hell's going on here? You know, because I'm not, I wasn't used to walking into a room with four dudes with no pants on. I mean, I, I mean, no pants on. I mean, I usually walk around with no pants, but I do it outside for the enjoyment of others. <laughs> yes, they do enjoy it. Shut up. So I asked these guys, and what happens is, it's a, it's an old vaudeville thing, uh, and what it what, what it means is an, an old Las Vegas thing too. And they were telling me stories about uh, you know people like Jerry Lewis and people of that ilk, and even people back in the day in the vaudeville days would not put on their pants before they went on the stage 
because they wanted to make sure when they walked on stage that their pants weren't wrinkled. Now, if they got wrinkled during the course of a performance, that's fine. That's acceptable. People would be would be okay with that. But you, you're making a first impression, and your first impression is you want to look presentable. So I thought, oh, okay, well, that kind of makes sense. You know, but I'm wearing jeans, my, you know, and they, 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 I'm not worried about wrinkles. So, you know, that was that. And I thought about that because of something that happened to me more recently. That, that was obviously years and years and years ago. I have this thing, and sometimes I do it and sometimes I don't, but most of the times I do, where I like to get dressed because I, I, I try to dress on the stage casual, usually jeans. And if I get dressed up, I get dressed up. But what I noticed was. I had fallen into the habit because of what happened to some expensive shoes that I wore. I did a show. I got dressed up. I had my expensive shoes on and I, and I was running late, which I normally don't do. That's kind of a rarity for me. So I got dressed first. And by the time I got to the show, parked the car, got my bag out, got my, you know, cameras out and everything. I looked down and my shoes had been scratched by the under, by the bottom part of the brake pad of the brake pedal while driving. They effed up my right shoe. Now, I, I was I tried to polish it out and it was it was still kind of noticeable, but no, no, nothing that someone would go. Look at the shoes on that bastard. Not that bad, but I noticed it. And I was like, damn, I bought these damn shoes. and It's all jacked up and everything. So I got into the habit and I and I still kind of do it sometimes. if I have really good shoes where I have a, sh- a set of shoes that I wear for driving because if they get jacked up, who gives a shit? <laughs> right. So. I'm walking around and I go to a place and I'm, I'm you know, you go and you buy your tea, your coffee, your, you know, the donut shops in the major cities like New York, Philadelphia, New Jersey, places like that. And in some other cities, they have the donut shop and you buy your donut, your coffee, you can get a bacon, egg and cheese sandwich and things of that nature. So I go in there and I walk into the place and I'm wearing my driving shoes and the rest of my clothes is nice, but my driving shoes are on and I'm not thinking anything of it. So I watch this. This girl is um, is there. She's a really, really beautiful sister, you know. And uh, I'm, I'm not trying to pick anybody up. I'm, I'm, I'm business minded right now. But it was nice that she she, she kind of, you, know, you could see her kind of like peeking over and giving you the, the he's kind of cute. I'll take a quick look at him type thing. And she looks at me, she gets a little smile and then and, 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 and act like she's looking at her phone. You can see her dimples and her dimples, even though my dimples are cuter, her dimples are nice. And she, she's looking over me and she's getting a little and then she tries and she walks and she tries and makes an excuse to stand next to me. She's starting conversation. Oh, that's a nice time. You know. I'm going. Oh, this is cool. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pursue this. But it's nice that this this beautiful lady is giving me some rhythm like that. It's just nice to have her. You know, just her overtly flirt. You know, and then she kind of steps back and makes her order. And I'm about to. I'm making my order from the other window, and she's giving me the other uh, down up. Now, women give you the the up down when they're looking at you, and the down up when they already like you. And she gives me the up down, so she's looking at me. She's like, his shirt's nice. Oh, he's cute, and then his pants are nice, and there's. Uh, she saw the shoes. Now, the shoes aren't horrible, but they're obviously a little bit on the beat up side. Why? Because I use them to drive. And sometimes if you're driving, your shoes will get screwed up. So I forgot that I was wearing my driving shoes. And she's looking. Right? And, and keep in mind, this is a, a woman who had overtly come across. And you're just, and you're the, and you're the, and you're the cute, you have nice dimples. And you're funny. And then she saw my shoes. And you would think that my shoes had actually killed someone in her family at an earlier date. 
the way she started to treat me after that. So I'm thinking, well, let me flirt back a little bit before I go. You know, this is kind of fun. So I'm, I'm talking back to her. She's like, yeah, uh-huh. So, so I know, and I'm not even going to say the, the, uh, the words, but I'm going to give you the, 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 the sounds so you can see, so because the words aren't important, the sounds are important. Here's me talking to her. Hey, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Now, before she saw the shoes, it was more like, hey, blah, 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 blah. Hey, blah, 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 After the shoes, hey, blah, 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 blah. Hey, blah, 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 blah. <sighs> I'm sitting one, and in my mind, and I, I started laughing hysterically. Uh, the reason I started laughing hysterically is because one, it was funny, and two, I knew I was going to podcast about it. So, <laughs> right? So, I mean, she literally—it was like it was like disgust. I mean, I'm sitting going, not, I like the other ninety-five point six percent of you, but the shoes, oh God. Uh. You know, it was like it was like my shoes and her, they they were part of rival gangs and didn't know it at first. Oh, you're part of the set that's at the 15th Street. Yeah, well, my set's at 7th Street, and we don't like you, you dirty bastard. What about me? You like me, don't you? I would have like I did like you, but I didn't know you were hanging out with those shoes. If those shoes are your friend, you can't be a friend to me. I almost wanted to walk out to the car, go in my trunk, open up the shoebox, take out my good shoes, put them back on, walk back into the shop, and go see. These are the shoes that I normally wear. See? You pain in the ass. You shoe racist. How would you judge a man by the content of his character? Not the discoloration on the front of his shoes. You should be ashamed of yourself. We're better than that as a people, damn it. All shoes are created equal. All shoes have a function in this society. Do you know the sacrifice these shoes are making, not only to protect my feet, but to protect the next generation of shoes, damn it. The shoes that are in the trunk are the next generation of shoes. It's almost as if the shoes in the trunk are the adopted shoe children of the shoes that I'm wearing right now. Now, if a person had a parent and the parent was not well-educated, even to the point where they didn't finish past the eighth grade or something like that, but they built a life, a successful life, a successful business, and the children that came after them, whether they were biological children or adopted children, went on to have successful lives, were highly educated, made a lot of money and made gigantic overt contributions to society would you then go oh yeah but your mother didn't do anything no you wouldn't do not do that you would look at the mother and go i know it's been hard for you i know you didn't have a lot of things during the during that time of your life but you made sacrifices so the people after you could do better well damn it these shoes are making the same kind of sacrifice you sick bastard these shoes are making that kind of sacrifice the driving shoes are making a sacrifice taking the beating the wear and tear the rug burns the scrapes and cuts of the brake pedal they're making those sacrifices so the shoes that come after them the walk around shoes the stand-up comedy shoes the going on the date shoes can live a better life you should be ashamed of yourself for judging the shoes You don't know the story of these shoes. Do you realize that at one point these were new shoes? These shoes were pristine like the shoes that came after them. But they made the sacrifice. Can you say the same thing, lady? Hmm? 
Look at those racist shoes you're wearing. Those shoes looking down at these shoes, not realizing the backstory of this shoe's life. If it wasn't for these shoes, those shoes couldn't exist. That's right. Every shoe from the past is the forefather of the shoes that came after it. The, the techniques have been refined and perfected. Those were steps in that process. And if those steps didn't exist, you wouldn't be at the level you're at now. And the fact that you could look down on these shoes makes me think you're an awful bastard. Okay, I didn't say that to the lady. I just laughed at her and left. But, uh... <laughs> But that was just kind of funny. It it was just it amused the hell out of me to watch someone look at you like they wanted to stick their tongue in your in your in your mouth or other places and just you know, kind of like leaning into you accidentally, accidentally with quotes bump into you. You know that thing where she like touches you, taps you on the arm. She's like trying to squeeze your bicep muscle. You know, and my arm is in pretty good shape now. It's not as good a shape as it's going to be six months from now, but. And because of that, I, of course, knowing that she's about to squeeze my arm, <laughs> harden my biceps would be harder than it actually is. She's like, wow, but I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> please don't squeeze the other arm. So, uh, <laughs> but that was actually kind of hilarious. That's the kind of thing that if you, uh, if you take these things to heart, if you take what other people think to heart can actually hurt your feelings. But I'm at the point now where things like that don't bother me. One, I don't give that much of a shit, what people think for the most part. Uh, at least in, in those type of in those type of ways, I think. I mean, obviously, I care what people listen to my podcast. Think I want you guys to think it's a good stuff, but um, but I, I don't care what the hell you know somebody thinks about that, you know. And because uh, I'm wearing my driving shoes right now, and you guys aren't judging me, right? <laughs> I know you can't see them, but uh, you wouldn't judge me if you could see them, would you? Of course you wouldn't. Of course you wouldn't. You're good people. You have good taste in podcasts. You're intelligent people. You make intelligent choices in podcasts. You're great people. You listen to great podcasts. I know that because you listen to me. So people, here's my, here's my message to you. Love all shoes, my friend. If you see some old shoes, realize those old shoes made sacrifices so your new shoes could exist. You don't know the story of the shoes, my friend. Don't judge the shoe. That's right. Don't judge the shoe. Okay, cats and kitties, dudes and dudettes, that has been this episode of S. Anthony Says, also known as the S. Anthony Says Podcast. I want to thank you guys very, very much for checking it out. I want to thank you guys for coming back every week. Much love to you. The home base of this podcast is, of course, santhonysays.podbean.com. I'm also on Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and iTunes. But the home base is, of course, santhonysays.podbean.com. The email address is the santhonysayspodcast at gmail.com. I want to say thank you, everybody, because uh, you know, there's been another spike in listenership. Um, I want to thank you guys for telling your friends. If you haven't told your friends about the show, if you dig the show, tell your friends about the show. If you're on some kind of social media site, tweet or tumble or whatever the hell you're on, a link to the show so, so other people can know about it as well. The ones that have been doing it, I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you very much. Um, uh, some of you have uh, sent in some uh, donations to support the show. I just kind of put that link off to the side. I'm not going to be bothering people about that shit. It's there, and that's cool. Either way, I'm fine with it. I just put it on there because, you know, it's available to put it on there. Thank you for the ones that have have, uh, have sent in donations. I really, really appreciate that. I really appreciate uh support for the show and to the people that have been passing along the word that the show exists much love to you now uh, i would very 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 much very much like uh lots of nude pictures uh if you could send that that would be wonderful as well and i think uh, huh what 
Excuse me. What did you say? What did you say? You really that is really inappropriate. Just thank the people for watching the show. Okay, stop trying to get nude pictures sent in. It's not going to happen. Just go back to watching porn on the internet. You don't need nude pictures. You don't need that. If you want to see naked pictures and nude people, you can watch porno, and that's that. Why don't you Why don't you do me a favor and shut up, okay? Okay, I want to see as much nudity as possible. Okay, don't judge me, all right? I mean, the fact that I'm sitting here nude right now should let you know how much I love nudity. I really wish you wouldn't do that anymore. Well, you're nude as well. Um... I am not nude because it's just you doing another voice. Um, they didn't know that. Yes, they did. Fuck you. Okay, folks. Um, <clears throat> I just want to say thank you for listening to the show. <laughs> I will see you again next week. Much love to you all. I really, really appreciated every, everything that you've done. The kind words and, and the listening and all that kind of stuff. Much love to you all, folks. S. Anthony out.